Good afternoon, North Point of View, here with Dr. Walter Kimsey's. Walter, good afternoon. Hey, Mark, how are you? Good, man, how are you? I'm great. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna roll up my shirt sleeves, and we're gonna, we're gonna dig into China right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's an ongoing conversation, and, we, and we've drawn some lines about how far we're gonna go, right, mm -hmm. in, in terms of this podcast. Um, but, I mean, we can start with something just as simple as, uh, you know, the COVID, you know, policy right now and the vaccines and all that. Mm -hmm. You want to start there? Yeah, let's start with that. And then we'll work our way backwards. Okay. But, uh, and we'll talk in a little bit just about because uh, uh, Xi Jinping has just given his uh, acceptance speech for his third term. Yeah. So he's now, you know, dictator for life. He keeps nominating himself and he keeps voting, approving that nomination, right? Exactly. <laughs> So, um, but let's talk about the COVID. So, um, in China, the, the two Chinese companies, one is called Sinovac, and I can't remember the name of the other one, you know, Chinovac maybe, but basically they used dead viruses like we did in the original polio vaccines to come up with a vaccine that's barely 50% effective against right. COVID. And they did not have, or at least, uh, uh, you know, President, you know, she did not have a, the face to be able to say, you know, this stuff sucks. And instead of locking people up every time some outbreak occurs, just go buy the vaccine like all the other countries have. Yeah. Now, it did work a little bit in places like Chile. They actually got over COVID, but there everybody got vaccinated and everybody wore masks and they washed their hands. And so, you know, it, it, it kind of worked in Chile, but... Uh, it's not working in China, it's, and it's a stupid policy. It's based on nonsense to do this, lock people up every time there's a surge in COVID. Well, and it just seems to me, it's like a reflection of even what I see in, in their housing market. I mean, they're pushing this, this sort of narrative or you know, propaganda, and there's just, it's hollow right behind it, right? It's like yeah. a movie set. Exactly, all those ghost cities yeah. that got built. The, um, they created a housing bubble 30 years ago, and they use home building as a way to you know, hold up GDP, you know, you know, make GDP growth appear higher than it really is. Right. And, um, but for a lot of the Chinese, the, where, do you, where do you save your money? Do you, do you hold on to the yuan? No, China the government could create inflation overnight and your wealth is gone. Uh, buy stocks. Yeah, the financial markets in China are so manipulated that nobody right. would do that. Right. So you buy real estate like Americans do. Yeah. Buy your home, buy another home, you could rent it out, get some income from that, take care of yourself in your old age. And uh, the, the Communist Party, and we should not say China because China is a wonderful country, lovely people. Yes. The Communist Party, which is a, you know, another animal altogether, they have upset that. So a lot of people have lost their, their life savings because as you have financial problems, the weaker banks have folded. So there are a couple rural banks that are done and they don't have deposit uh, insurance. So people who had money at those banks have lost a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of it happens on the black market, right? The trading and the exactly. currency. Yeah. So, um, so that's two black marks in this guy's record. There are more black marks, but those two are pretty bad. They keep throwing people out of their homes because of COVID. Or, you know, they want to isolate people. That's expropriation. Uh, and then, you know, they, uh, they leave people with no place to save their money. I mean, what an 
awful government this is. And so what, you know, I know this is an open-ended question, but what could be their end game at this point? The stated end game is to be the world's number one superpower. And I think what they'll find out the hard way is the whole world does not want China to be the number one superpower under this regime. If it was under a democratic regime, that'd be a different matter. But under this group of thugs, uh, no. Who would want, you know, Xi Jinping as the most powerful person in the world? Yeah, and as you read through, and I've just I've really, in the last six months, started to read more about really what happens, you know, inside mm -hmm. that country and, and through the you know, Communist Party, the, I mean, the control that they have over people's lives, right? Like every step of their day mm -hmm. is monitored. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, unfortunately there seems to be a, a, a convergence at some point, right, where mm -hmm. there's, there's some kind of battleground, and I guess at this point it's mainly economic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but what, what, does, what does their economy look like in five years or ten years, uh, according to your predictions? It does not look good. The right. um, population has aged. The working age population started to decline in 2016. And when you break it down, there's two things that drive economic growth. The growth of the working age population, more people making things, and the productivity of these right. workers. And um, so China is running into a people problem, just like we are but they're further ahead in the curve. Uh, they are trying to automate a lot of things with robotics. They're, they are, China is the largest market in the world for robotics, but we've talked about this before. The automation technology just isn't there. I mean, it's... That's for our next podcast. Yeah, we got exactly. some, you got some interesting stats on that. Yeah, that's just, that, that's just not working for them. So, uh, and we've, been, we've seen for over 10 years low-skilled jobs, low-value-added jobs for labor, leaving China and moving towards Vietnam and other countries, but Vietnam primarily because they had the labor force for it. You'd wonder how come they don't push the jobs into the rural part of China, but when you leave the coast of China and you go inland, it's um, like China 1950 all over again. Yeah. Extreme poverty, starvation, right. you know, it's, it's not good. So that's why the jobs leave the, the, the the coastal provinces, and they shift to other countries. Is there a is there a bright spot? Is there a lens that you can look through that sort of gives for you know the way we look at um, their existence, sort of a best possible scenario? Yeah, the um, you know well Z goes away. We know where we don't know where he goes, but we don't want him where he is right now. And uh, the Communist Party breaks down into different political parties, which is how it works currently. You have different factions in there, so right. they could become different political parties. And uh, as a consequence, you get a democracy. I mean, China, the literacy rate is very, very high. The uh, education levels are very good. Um, you know, you've got a population that's used to hard work. Uh, it's got all the ingredients, you know, to... to for being a great country, except it doesn't have a government. It's got a, a mafia, you know, kind of running things. Yeah. And, and that's, you take that out. And I can imagine that China would, if China did what America has asked China to do when China joined the WTO, 
China would today be the world's largest superpower. I mean, it would be a tremendous country to live in. But because you have the Communist Party, uh, and they're doing the opposite of what we said, we told them, be more like us, you know, be a democracy, you know, let your people free. Uh, because they haven't done that, they're trying to become the world's number one superpower through all kinds of nefarious things. Right. Like we were reading this week, they're hiring British uh, RAF pilots, the Royal Air Force pilots, to go train their people, you know, paying them 240,000 pounds a year. Oh. That's a lot of money. And so, you know, and why? You're going to have a bunch of pilots and you're going to take over the world with that? Nah. You want to take over the world? Power comes from the economy, not from the politics. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, you're the man when it comes to uh, economics. So appreciate your time. Always being great being with you, Walter. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Mark. Let's do it soon. Yes. All right. See you guys.